Hello again. Welcome to our podcast. This is Carlos with Brian. We are Good Dog Workshop. And what we're about is helping you understand your dog and speaking dog. Hey, Brian, what's going on? Hey, Carlos. And who do we have here today? Today we have a real live human being on the line. We have a special guest. Yeah, special guest. Brittany, are you in? Yes, I'm here. Okay, so... Brittany hasn't ha- really heard our show before, she's, so she's fresh. Oh, great. And from my understanding, Brittany, you're also a, like a first-time dog owner, right? You weren't yes. really, really an animal person beforehand. Right. Okay, good. And, wh- and why is that? You just, they, it's, uh, the you germs. Like, oh, the germs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a new one. So then what, what made you uh, uh, decide, okay, well, I'm going to get over my germ germ stuff and get a dog you know my grandma passed away and i spent a lot of time with her and i just felt like i needed to go to the dog shelter and look at them and then i left with one. Oh wow huh cool. okay that's kind of a nice tribute to uh, to your grandmother then yeah oh, yeah terrific and so, so what we go ahead brian I, no i was just just gonna say yeah uh, so listeners what uh, what we're doing here today is we're doing a, a live recorded call with uh, with basically a new client someone that that i haven't talked to other than just to say hi before the show here um carlos has has done a little bit of um of conversation with her but we're going to uh talk to to Brittany about her dog behavior issues what she needs help with and uh, and try and help her out with some of this so welcome Brittany, and thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me so, so you, first, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Carlos. Oh, okay. This is new for us. So the format's going to be Brian. You go ahead. Now, you go ahead, and then I'll follow up. Get okay. Um, so you're in Dallas, Texas. Is that right, Brittany? Yes. That's okay. Right. And your dog's name is Wallace. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he is what breed and what age? About. He is a Brussels Terrier mix. Okay. And he's four years old. Okay. So he's he's um the Brussels Griffin. Yes, terrier. I mean, from what they weren't really sure when I rescued him, but that's what he looks like. Okay. And you know, beard. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just started. He does does have a beard. beard. (laughs) Yeah, cute little guys. And about how old do you think he is? They told me he was three. They thought when I rescued him a year ago. So, I guess four. Okay. All right. Um, And is he is he your only dog? Is he your only animal in the house? Yes, he is. Right. Um, and what, what's the, what's the main or what's the main one, two or three issues that you're having with him? So he's actually a really good dog. My biggest problem is when I take him outside around other dogs, like it seems like he wants, like is looking for them, searching for them, but he is so aggressive, like barking, biting, yeah. like vicious. So mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe the leash. But off the leash, he'll run up and bite other dogs. Oh, okay. I don't know if he's protecting me. So I you just... said you said vicious and aggressive, right. and so he's actually has he actually bitten another dog for oh, sure, yeah. or he's broken the skin? Uh, not not broken the skin. Like he'll oh. run up if they're little, he'll run up to him and like bite him in the butt, but not <laughs> where he breaks skin. But he breaks skin. Like if I try to get him away or I'm like, pick him up. He'll bite me. He'll even bite he's you. like okay. out of this world. Like he doesn't know that I'm even there. Okay. It's... Interesting. Yeah. All right. So yeah, go ahead. And, and um, you said that off leash, he's the same or, or he's worse. So uh, I've only had him off leash around one like big dog. 
and he ignored it. He didn't do anything. Okay. Um, but I trusted the dog, so I was okay with him being. But I'm scared that if he bit a big dog, then they would just kill him. Um, but the little dogs, he'll run right up and bite them, and they'll just lay down. They li- they lay down like, after he bites him. Yeah, you know, like they're scared. They don't. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. They kind of they kind of submit to him. Right, right. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, Brian, if you want, if, if, if no, you, go ahead. Yeah, like so. Why do you say that? You're, where did you get the sense that, or where do you get the impression that he's trying to protect you? Or like, I, I'm just curious where you got that. I mean, hint. I don't know. I've I've tried to research since I've gotten in, like what could be causing it. I I don't know if it's just because it's me. I mean, people have said, "Oh, he's just protecting you." So I don't I don't know if if it's that or if he wasn't socialized because I feel like he wants to play with them. He's like excited searching for them, but then when he gets close it's like he doesn't know how to react and that's not them. uncommon yeah so i think you're probably right uh, brian and i we see this a lot is as the dogs are curious because they want to meet they want to smell they want to greet they want to investigate they're curious but if they don't have that exposure early on then then they may get a little insecure when they meet a new dog because they don't know if there's a threat they don't know if you're safe so I think you're onto something there, and that's where I'll, that's where I think we'll start, Brian. If you want to con- continue with that, yeah, it's interesting that uh, that this is the issue here because I just got home an hour ago from working with clients who had the same issue, and this was the second time I'd work with them. It was almost two and a half years ago that they called me the first time, and their dog would just go ballistic when someone comes to the door, and was even worse with dogs uh, off leash. That's what that's what they had told me both times, and and I guess the problem came came back over two and a half years or something. Um, so I so I know what this looks like. I know exactly what you're what you're talking about. Um, and the problem is, oh, I've got my dogs barking now. The problem is, is the wife she has some pretty serious health issues, and so is unable to walk very far at all. And the husband is. It sounds like he's very overworked or at least very stressed at work right now. So they have a tough time, number one, getting the dog out to, to walk, even though the husband does run run the, the one dog. Um, I think he said about a mile and a half or two miles a couple of times a, a week. But then they only get they get the dog out for that exercise once a day. They're not doing you know twice a day like we always recommend, 35 minutes twice a day. So they're not getting the dog enough exercise, but – just looking at the the husband's body language and and listening to him talk, he was pretty stressed out. He was frustrated, you know, tough time, kind of, kind of holding it in. He was doing a decent job, but the dog's living in an environment that isn't promoting calmness and isn't promoting confidence and security. And so it may be that that's part of what's going on here. Is Wallace is not feeling confidence from you he's not feeling that you're clearly in charge of him you're going to take care of everything and so oftentimes a dog's instincts when they don't see a uh, what we're calling leadership here after x number of days or months or weeks you know even years um, the dog's brain will say you know what i'm not seeing someone in control here so i'm going to go ahead and take charge of the situation so it sounds like that's that's definitely part of the situation especially since this is your first dog yeah, and it's a safety mechanism for sure. sure. And uh, Brittany, you're you're in an apartment, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you so you have to get your dog downstairs mm-hmm. 
outside. Yes. Right. So you kind of have a routine. But before, uh, let's say, before he became an adult, when he was younger, what was the routine like? Uh, do you recall getting him out a lot? Were you working full time or studying? Or Well, it's been a year. So like, I don't know how how old are they when they're an adult. I got him when he was three. Okay. So I've so only had him one year. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, yeah, I was brand new to all of it. I didn't sure. I'm sure I was. Yeah. Gotcha. So what hesitant. I recommend, what I recommend for people is to kind of wrap their heads around the idea that that your dog by default is going to be insecure once they reach maturity because they don't know what we know, right? They don't know that there's rules and laws out there. Uh, law enforcement, that sort of thing. They don't know, so they're always a little bit worried, especially the, the some of the smaller dogs, the terriers. They have a little bit of a uh, of an intense nature about them. So when they get real insecure, they can really get insecure and really intense. So wrap your head around the idea of how can I make my dog feel safe? And the leadership is the answer. And walking is the method by which we expose our dogs to other co- other other people, other dogs. Gives mm-hmm. us the opportunity to come in and make appropriate corrections so we talk about boundaries and then consequence if needed do you have any of that at all in your routine do you do you did you try any of that before um you know i've changed and i used to when i first got him anytime we'd see a dog i would try to avoid the other dogs because i knew how he acted and it would like make me nervous so yeah i used to just try to like avoid them cross the street whereas now I try to pass them on purpose to try to like give him that Good. interaction okay. with them. Right. So I, I mean, I try to pay attention to my body language and not act Great. stressed because I used to do that. Okay. And would you say in the year that you've had him, this behavior has gotten better or worse? Or stayed I'm, the same? Yeah. It depends on the day. Sometimes I can like distract him enough to get him by without like going crazy. And sometimes I can't and he will just, like lose it, like barking and lunging, and okay, so it just and, depends. And how how do you correct him when uh, when he's when he's getting excited about another dog? What do you do? I try to pull on his leash. I tell him no. I mean, I feel like he's not even there. Like to where a lot of times it's like he doesn't even he doesn't hear me. Yeah, it doesn't even recognize you. Mm-hmm. Like you okay. don't exist. Yeah. And and that's that's one of those things. And again, going back to today's client earlier, um, this this kind of relationship with our with our dog, where you know we don't we no longer exist when the dog gets excited about something, that starts in the house where there are fewer distractions. Because once we get outside and all the smells and the sights and the you know the movement of other other animals and cars, and trash trucks and you know squirrels crossing the street or rabbits or other dogs, whatever. There's so many things out there that are much more interesting than us unless we've practiced in the house and then along on a walks and, and, you know, car rides where, you know, Home Depot, wherever you can go, unless we've practiced with our dogs to be the number one influence in their, in their lives. So I think, um, I think that's, that's where I would recommend that you, that you start is by giving him a ton of structure, you know, think of it as giving a kid a lot of homework is every minute that you're with him, engage him in something that involves structure, meaning you give him a command. He uh, does, does that, you know, chases the ball that you throw for him, uh, brings it back to you. And then he gets a reward for that. And if he doesn't do that, then you 
you um, uh, you have to give him some kind of some kind of reprimand for um, for for not doing that. So there's a there's a carrot and a stick as it as it were for that. But if you keep giving him a lot of structure, you're teaching him that he's having his needs met. He's getting you to play with him or interact with him or, or train him, walk with him or whatever by um, by paying attention to you. So you're basically training your dog to pay attention to you first and foremost just by giving him so much to do that involves you engaging with him. And, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, a pretty simple thing and it can be in how you feed him, uh, that he has to, he has to be very calm in order for you to put the bowl down, um, how you exit the house, how you enter the house, he needs to be calm, but he has to look to you and give you this calm, submissive and respectful behavior, um, before you'll give him the reward of letting him go outside or letting him jump in your car or letting him jump up on the couch next to you or giving him his food or letting him meet another dog so that you're training him to check in with you first before he decides to do the action on his own. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. So how much of that would you say you're doing right now? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he's really good about the food. I can get him to do like sit and wait until I'm done and, tell him he can eat but um like commands like get the getting his ball it's like he doesn't have a clue what i'm talking when when i tell him to get his ball no matter how many times we practice it he just sits there and stares stares at it stares at me will he chase a ball to begin with only when he's ready to play with it otherwise no he won't chase it like he has to get it and bring it Otherwise, he has no interest. Okay. Will he play tug with you? Yes. Same thing, though. Only when he when he's ready, he'll bring a toy and he'll tug. And when he's done or he gets scared, he stops. Ah, okay. So my suggestion there would be is he's choosing to do these activities on on his terms, and I'm I'm guessing I'm betting that his terms are when it's interesting enough when it's exciting enough so it could be that you just need to add more energy more more excitement to the exercise so when you have a toy and you want him to tug with it you know drag it along the ground flip it back and forth you know get him really excited about it by moving the toy a lot you know making noises if you if you need to make it look and and act like uh, like prey like something he can he could chase after to get him excited to invite him to be a part of that with you because it may be that you know he's kind of looking at uh, at you thinking like nah, that's not so interesting or she's kind of boring right now so maybe put some more um uh, some more animation into it to get him excited and and it's important that our dogs aren't telling us what to do you know it, it, the dog comes and drops drops his yeah. ball in in your lap because he wants to play. No, he gets gets the ball because you told him to get the ball. So it's really important to to you know engage with our dogs on our terms, which is you know we're calling the shots and not and not them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to add something to that, Brian. Yeah, um, please. So when I think of a dog that's my own personal dog, I want to have a sense of. Um, I, Brian uses this word all the time. You want to see that the dog wants to please you, right? right? You want to make sure the dog is engaging with you, wants to be around you. Brian, do you do you feel like you have that kind of dog that if you move, for example, to the living room into the bedroom, he'll follow you, or yes. he's or, or he's more independent? Yeah, he'll follow okay. me. Great. So he wants. So that's a good sign. So he wants to be in close proximity with you. Mm-hmm. When you wants leave, to, when wants you leave, to engage with you. Yeah. So I would you start there, you know, because there's some. I know there's some breeds. They just maybe don't care so much, and that those that those can be a real tough 
uh, tough deal. But if your dog wants to be with you, wants to be around you, use that to to create leverage and control over him and create those leadership qualities step by step. So what I what do I mean mean by that? If I was you and your dog's not listening and he does what he wants, he plays what he wants, he's antisocial, he's you know maybe aggressive. <laughs> What I do is I try to use his natural instincts um, in my favor. So if I know I have a dog that wants to be with me, fine, he's with me. Well, what I want to do is nurture that and encourage that by doing what? Doing things that I think he would enjoy, like more structure, more leash walking, uh, like Brian was saying, um, making it a little game with the with the toys that he has something that he's interested in and then used to, and then you deciding you deciding when it stops okay i'm okay. done same thing with the food i think you're doing fine with the food right um the other thing i was gonna ask you is when you walk him, what kind of tools are you using do you just do you have um like a like a retractable leash or do you have a fixed leash no i have just a fixed uh, one of those okay, little good. short ones and a harness form and does he get excited like most dogs like i would imagine when, when you get the leash does he know he's going outside yes he knows mm-hmm. so so all those things used toward toward your to your advantage to create mm-hmm. that power you need over him which is look i am the provider of freedom i'm the provider of food of affection mm-hmm. so that he can start to look to you oh man this person really has me in a routine is really engaging with me like brian was talking about and then what will happen is you'll start building uh, what i call leadership points i hope that's not confusing no, but it's not. i know brian you said sometimes that might come across as, but but to have leadership points right brian would you agree oh yeah yeah that's a that's a terrific way to to put it yeah and so when you're outside Sure, he'll be stressed. Sure, he'll smell things and start to get uh, unsure. But that's when you have to make the call and be decisive and say to yourself, okay, I have to control this dog. I have to make him feel safe. And what I suggest you start doing is keeping him on one side when you start walking him. Mm-hmm. And then as best you can, use your body, your your sounds that you're making, but be really committed to 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 getting his attention and do not advance if he's doing something crazy, right? If he's barking, mm-hmm. fine. It's very difficult to just tell our dogs to mute themselves. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is say, well, we're no longer advancing, right? We're no longer okay. advancing until you settle down, and that's the control you have, and that's the control the dog will see after a while. Oh wow, I see what I did. If I act crazy and I go nervous, I don't get what I want, which is to move forward and meet this person or smell this new smell, right, Brian, would you agree? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And again, I, I worked on that with um, with a client this morning was the dog from maybe 60 feet away saw my uh, my little beagle and he uh, he stiffened up and and, you know, got got his got his ears up and, and shoulders were were square. And, you know, I yelled at the not yelled at, but I but I, I said to the owner, I said, right there, you need to correct him because he's already squaring up to this dog and showing mm-hmm. displaying body language that says, I'm looking to engage with you in an excited fashion. And so he corrected the dog, but then he kept moving forward. And, and so I, I told him, I said, let me rephrase this, correct the dog and stop. Cause otherwise, like Carlos said, by advancing, you're reinforcing the dog's behavior by moving him closer to his goal. So we need to, you know, stop. And some, some trainers, a lot of trainers out there will say, turn your dog around. That gets to, gets to be confusing because the dog is now moving away, even though he's, he's excited and you're no longer 
um, engage with him in that moment. But what, what Carlos and I suggest is you stop and engage with him. And in those moments that you corrected him, it's just you and him and nothing else in the world matters because your energy, your dominance is so so intense and focused on him that he is only paying attention to you in that moment. And that may be, you know, a sharp sound or, or a sharper sound than what you're used to used to using. It may be a quick snap of the leash. It may be a touch of your fingertips, but to let him know, no, I don't want you to do that. Pay attention to me right now. And I'll let you know when you can move on to the next thing. So it, it may be that you're just not being, firm enough with him uh, that you're kind of maybe letting him get away with with too much of the stuff because he's small or he's cute or or whatever but i think i think adding a lot of structure to this but certainly not letting him continue to advance when he gets excited and you know we can't control the other dog and the other person on the walk so if they're still walking towards us maybe pull off to the side a little bit to create some some distance there but um but you know generally if you, you just want to stop so that the distance doesn't close so that he's not rewarded for giving this, um, this excited behavior. Cause we always want our dogs to, to approach other dogs in a calm fashion rather than an excited fashion. And then as he calms down, then you can re resume your walk and move towards the other, the other dog. And maybe it's not a dog that's walking towards you. Maybe it's a dog that's be behind a fence and you have some, some control over, over how close that dog gets from, from moment to moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Brittany, by the way, stop us if if you have a question. We just yeah, we please. just get we just get on a roll. We get used to going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. good. But you guys are answering the questions that I have in my head. Oh, okay, so good. Here. Oh, great. Well, okay, because well, I, a lot of um, sorry, no, where no, where I live, there's a lot of people with dogs. So right. that's one thing people will just keep walking towards you, right. and he'll just stop dead in his tracks. And I try to pull him off the sidewalk so he's not like, attacking them. But mm -hmm. I never know if that's what I should be doing or if I should keep like dragging him away the way we were going. Cause he'll turn around and then just stop and bark and bark at them Yeah, and not so want to keep walking or move. So there's a lot of information. And, yeah. and by the way, without seeing your specific uh, scenario, we're, you know, we're going to advise you the best we can, but after this is all said and done, meaning this call, I want to throw a lot of material for you to watch okay. because I think, I think you'll get a lot out of, <clears throat> I know we talked a little bit about this, but, the Caesar Milan, um, uh, his his main show, Dog Whisperer. Yeah, mm -hmm. his Dog Whisperer show, and he's got some other ones. There's a ton of stuff out there that that everyone could benefit from. And I know you said you weren't so much of an animal dog person, so you may have missed when he first started doing that whole thing early on, early 2000, whatever it was. He had mm -hmm. a lot of good information where I learned a ton, and people, um, I think in general, uh, were kind of surprised by how much they were missing, but. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you some resources. We have videos of our own where we're where we're trying to approach. Uh, well, we're not trying. We are uh, out outdoors on a leash, mm -hmm. and then there's another dog, and then we break it down, and you can see what it is that we do. But but in your particular scenario, the one you're talking about right now, when you said you're unsure mm -hmm. of what to do, just consider what I've always told people: just consider that. That you're going to be a source for calmness, right? Right. So try to be as, as as relaxed as you can while still being alert. So that may mean that you're no longer pulling on the leash, but maybe using your body to block him. Mm -hmm. And then it may mean that you you ignore what's happening out outside your little personal bubble, so that you're focused on okay. your dog. So okay. these are small things that I would start working on. And by all means, 
Um, if you feel like he's going to bite you, have a muzzle with you or have have it on him. And... Or or put or have a, have a pair of gloves on. That's what <laughs> yeah, I, that's a pair what of gloves on. Do. Yeah, we don't want people to get bit. I know you mentioned that he sometimes goes after you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah, and he... so. I, I yeah. just want to interject a couple of things here. So one, mm-hmm. if your own dog is going after you, that's yeah. a clear sign that your dog doesn't respect you. Sure. And yeah. so what we're talking about in all this leadership and structure is building, building your respect with, with your, with your dog so that he understands I don't get anything until, and unless I provide my person with exactly what they want, which typically, you know, ideally is calm, submissive and respectful behavior. But if if your dog is willing to bite you, then yeah, he's not, uh, not to, didn't take, think very highly of, uh, of you. And then one other thing I want to, I want to mention about the walk is sometimes we're just walking too slow for our dogs. And when we do that, then our dogs have so much brain power left because it's easy to do front leg, right you know front leg back that that sort of thing walking but if you're moving fast and they got to do okay i got to keep moving leg 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 it takes more of yeah. their brain power to be able to um to just move fast and so they have less brain power to to devote to worrying about what's going on um so sometimes picking up the uh, picking up the pace makes a makes a difference too and like carlos said we've got a really good video on this that i filmed just a couple of weeks ago about walking your dog past a barking dog and it's me and uh, my cattle dog red who will put up with a lot of a dog barking at him, but eventually he's like, no, I got to do something about this. And so, so even my own dog, I need to correct him from time to time and, and say, no, you don't get to respond to that. You still have to pay attention to me and be calm. But I filmed it from my point of view. So you can see how I handle the leash and, and see the other dog and see that I'm only moving red closer to the other dog when red is calm and when he's not calm then i stop and correct him and deal with it and get him back to a calm state however long that may take before you move on does that make sense mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Okay. It does. and also Brittany, when you're gone your dog is just in the apartment right you don't have like a dog walker no i don't yeah i mean i work 13 13 hours. i mean i'm gone from home for 13 hours at wow. a time and he's so i mean he's so good he doesn't mm-hmm. Do he just sits there the whole time I'm gone? I don't need to put him in his crate. He doesn't okay, chew on anything. Yeah. He doesn't do anything Excellent. but sit. By the way, that's very unusual. Um, yes, I know. So, so I would say for sure you're 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 got a good uh, good thing going there. But just consider that, right? You always obviously have your priorities with your career, mm-hmm. but just consider that too. That what you're dealing with is you have a terrier mix of some sort who is maybe under exercised, and so you have to kind of look at that and go, okay, where can I add something? Or maybe I got to, like Brian said, pick up the pace. Um, and maybe instead of using the walk as bathroom break time, you actually have a route that you go and where you know where he stops to to mark, but you're really trying to create rhythm and structure. And But what I mean by that is, for example, don't let him crisscross you, right? <laughs> Some people walk their dogs and they're all over the place and they're mm-hmm. pulling, they're behind you, they're in front of you, they're they're peeing every five feet. So that's what we don't want, right? So, mm-hmm. so so do the opposite of that and create a sense of adventure, point A to point B. It creates some rhythm so your dog can get going. I would even say um, uh, get, a, get a backpack, a weighted backpack, so he burns more energy. Because it's hard, it's hard to, to advise someone because you're a first-time dog owner. You have what I would call not a beginner dog, right? Mm-hmm. So you have an uphill battle. It's hard to, for me to say, oh, absorb all that anxiety your dog has and just do this we have to also wear them down which is why we always say 
which is why we always say exercise the heck out of them, walk them, mm-hmm. not just for potty breaks, but actually right. have a place to go. And what you'll notice is after a while, they will have like an internal clock that says, hey, here we go. I'm, I'm going to have you know another opportunity at this. And you'll see small improvements when you do it consistently and the corrections come consistently. And it could be something small like, hey, you no longer let them cross you behind. You blocked them with your leg. Or you got a little bit more intense with your vocal corrections, or you snapped a leash. Now he looks at you before he's mm-hmm. about to go crazy and sees another right. dog. These mm-hmm. small things add up, but because you've had him for a year and he's kind of exhibiting to me a lot of disrespectful qualities, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to absorb a lot up front. But well, I guess my point is, it's doable as long as you get him out and exercise. Just start very small with the structure that Brian and I talked about. Okay. Yeah, this definitely doesn't sound anything that uh, that I would say, Carlos. You got to rush over to Brittany's house right now. She's in big trouble. Yeah. I think this. I think this issue is is totally correctable with uh, with Wallace. Um, like Carlos said, is we always start with with the clients two two walks, thirty five minutes each um, each day. And and I came up with that over all the dozens of, of German shepherds that I fostered over the years. Thirty five minutes was about the time where most dogs. They just kind of settle down. You could see the expression on their face change. They're not out there, you know, looking for something to chase anymore. They just get into this, into this groove of putting one leg in front of the others, you know, because a tired dog is a good dog. So we get out there, we, you know, um, we fulfill his uh, his energy needs, drain that energy, but we're also um, out there for a couple other reasons. Is one is the leash is a constant reminder of who's in charge of the walk, so that you're always sending the signal down the leash one way. Is that you know we're going to stop here and you're going to you know yeah. not bark at this dog, um, but also you know take the opportunity on your walks, like Carlos was saying, to teach him things, to teach him that when you stop at a curb, when you come to an intersection, he needs to stop as well. And maybe you know he just walks out uh, off the curb a, a, a step and then kind of catches himself on the leash and turns around and looks at you like, what, why aren't we going? Even if you just stay silent, but stand right there, he'll eventually figure out, okay, I need to do something in order to get her moving forward again. And so he will eventually either, you know, with commands from you or, or not, he will eventually put his butt on the ground or at least stand very still to show you, okay, is this what you want? And then once he gives that to you, for instance, then you move forward to the next thing and you can teach him, you know, not to be afraid of, uh, of, of loud trucks coming down the street, but just take the opportunity to, to, give him structure, teach him anything that comes to mind when you're out for, for a walk. Cause again, the more things you give him to do, the more he looks to you for the next thing to do. Okay. Yeah. You're giving them an incentive to, to look to at please you. you. Yeah. To please you. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and we understand it's hard when you have a career and, and you're, you're kind of on your own right now. So, so by all means, take your time. We will um, hook you up with uh, I w- I, what I would suggest would be like a playlist of videos that I think would help you a heck of a lot, as, as, yep. as well as our other podcasts. We've touched on a lot of these things as well. And, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to some of that, uh, Brittany. And, and in uh-huh. addition, I'll send you um, uh, some PDF files of uh, of the the articles and and tips and tricks that we enclose in our folders that we give to give to clients. I'll I'll just email those to you. The last thing I want to say is you know sometimes. <sighs> the weather's bad or where we're too tired, whatever, nothing's going to replace the walk. But when you are inside, don't have the time to walk your dog or one great thing that you can do with your dog that does teach structure and teach leadership, but also teaches your dog to not only seek you out, but that it's great when he finds you is to play hide and seek with him so that, 
you have you put him in a sit in one end of your of your house there have him stay so you got to you know teach him obedience in order to get even that far and then go down the hall and he still has to stay where he is and then go hide somewhere and then call for him use a specific whistle or you know a specific voice that means come to me now and he will go and seek you out and when he finds you you know it's a party you're giving him lots of physical affection verbal praise it's the coolest thing in life so you're teaching him not only come find you but when he does find you it's the best thing in his life ever and so that'll teach him that that's always a great option for him to choose when he's thinking about you know cha- pulling you towards a, another dog or chasing a squirrel or something he's got this this memory this programming of boy, staying with my person or going back to my person is a, is a great thing there. And that's something fun and very easy. You can, you can do in, inside on rainy days or whatever. And mm-hmm. if you need to have, you know, some, uh, some hot dogs or treats or, you know, some, some yeah. food incentive for, for him to come and find you, that's fine. But the idea here is he has to stay somewhere. You walk away from him, you call him to you, he comes to you, it's a party. And then just, you know, do that a couple more times and do that, um, you know, for, uh, for a couple, couple weeks straight. And you'll, you'll probably see that he's really looking to you for the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Brittany, appreciate uh, you giving us some time and oh, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. much for all the great advice. Thank yeah. you. It's great having you on. Absolutely. And if you have any me. further, yeah, absolutely. If you have any further questions, you can always reach out to me. I'm in Austin, you know where I am or just call yes. me. But anybody else can also reach us. I'm in Austin, Austin, Texas, and Brian, you're in Warrington, Virginia. Right. Yep. So, uh, as as always, uh, please uh, like our, um, our our videos on YouTube and Facebook, and and subscribe. Um, listen to our podcasts, and and let us know what you what you think of those, and also let us know what other topics you'd you'd like to uh, you'd like to hear from us. Um, so, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time around. Okay.